When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to Boiler Up Down South, the post-Michigan edition. Um, we're a day late on this because uh, I don't know if y'all knew that Purdue played a basketball game last night. So all of uh, my in- uh, energy was uh, put forward on covering basketball. Um, so we're going to hit the uh, Michigan game today uh, on Tuesday. Now, unfortunately, uh, Garrett, my uh, usual podcast compadre, is uh, out with a uh, ARPing-related injury. Uh, I gave him my uh, Georgia season tickets. And, y'all, I just want to say that I almost feel embarrassed. Uh, we have season tickets on the first row at the goal line behind the Georgia bench totally by accident um and so uh it'd be kind of like i don't know uh a west virginia fan moving to west lafayette and accidentally getting like season courtside tickets for purdue basketball uh but i do try to uh be very generous with those uh season tickets um and so mr garrett went to the game and arped too much at missouri and now his voice sounds like a frog who gargled uh, with gravel um, and uh, is not feeling very well. Uh, he says his snot feels like concrete. Um, so we're going to hold off on Mr. Garrett today. But luckily, um, the school district my daughter is in uh, only goes, does like random days off. So like Tuesday is uh, a day off today. Actually, it's voting day. And they use the, her school as a place to vote. So she is home with me. And she is going to stand in as my co-host. She does a lot of work uh, at her elementary school on um, the morning announcements and uh, has done some, uh, you know, singing and uh, work. And she decided to uh, join me today. So uh, I really appreciate the help. So you all don't just have to listen to me sound uh, like Kermit the Frog by myself. <clears throat> so Lillian, uh, tell me what you got going on right now. Uh, tell me a little bit about your TRTV thing. Okay, so TRTV is where I, um, like, I get to say, like, what's going on for my school and what's happening, like, if anything important's going to happen or something like that. You're right. So it's, uh, do you do it, when do you do it, in the morning, in the afternoons? How's that work? Uh, I do it in the mornings and, uh, yeah. And how many people are in there with you? Uh, there's like five other people in there with me. Oh, five other people from the whole school? Yeah. Yeah, wow. So you're pretty good. And you do all of the, uh, you sort of go through all of the positions, right? So you're the anchor and the weather girl, and then you. Sort of. Sort of, you know. 
been out of the positions yet. Well, we can probably work your way through there. So anyways, that's why I wanted to uh, introduce y'all to Lillian. She's going to be my uh, co-host and... Uh, you know, we've known each other for uh, over nine years now. In fact, I've known her her entire life. Um, so I'm glad, like I said, she had a day off and uh, is going to stand in for Garrett, even though she's a little shorter and doesn't have a mustache that you know of. Um, anyways, Lillian, uh, we need to pay for those braces, so let's go ahead and take a quick break, and uh, you can lead us out of the, uh, when we come back. So we'll see you all in a second. Welcome back to the show. Daddy, what went wrong for on Saturday for Purdue? Thanks for asking, Lillian. Well, the first quarter went wrong for Purdue, and it all sort of was over by then. Um, you know, Michigan's too good of a team to, to go down 17 to nothing uh, in the first quarter. Uh, just the, the start of the game really sealed the Purdue's fate. Now, to be perfectly frank with you, the Purdue's fate was sealed before this game started uh, just because of the massive talent disparity uh, and it being in the big house at night. I mean, this was this was a tra death trap from the start. But, um, man, that first quarter where, you know, you, you run four plays in your first drive, punt it to Michigan, and they go six plays, 76 yards, uh, and a touchdown in three minutes. You get the ball back. You run three plays for four yards, punt it back. Michigan goes seven plays, 67 yards in three minutes. And then, you know, your next play, you throw an interception. And then, uh, you know, Michigan hits that field goal. And all of a sudden, it's 17 to nothing. Uh, and uh, you, the game's over before it really even gets started. Before you even, Purdue even, I felt like, got warmed up, Michigan and knocked them out. You know, teams with this much talent can do that to you. J.J. McCarthy and Blake Corum and then Donovan Edwards, who Michigan's trying to get right, all made some big plays in those drives. Um, it's not to be expected. J.J. McCarthy's uh, has the second best odds to win the Heisman uh, for a reason. Blake Corum, you know, he's on the Heisman board as well. Um, and just having those guys to lean on and just knowing what you have is really the difference obviously between you know Purdue and Michigan uh, as I feel like Michigan really knows what they want to do on offense and Purdue is just really struggling to sort of piece together what they can do uh, this far still into the season mainly because every time I feel like we figure something out um, a key part gets injured um, and so you know that's where Purdue is right now I didn't think it was necessarily a terrible game for Purdue um, after the uh, first quarter, you know, Purdue won the second quarter, 6-3, to three, uh, with two field goals. Um, I will tell, you know, y'all, while I tell everybody else, uh, you cannot beat teams like Michigan and Ohio State kicking field goals in the red zone. You, you can't do it. Anytime you get close enough to the goal line, you got to score. Cause, uh, touchdowns, because they're going to eventually break your defense and put up some points. Um so that was a little disappointing. I was impressed with Purdue's, uh, you know, ability to uh, get the ball and uh, move it down the, the field. Hudson Card had some nice runs, um, and uh, but uh, just couldn't finish off those drives. It felt like every time Purdue got something going, there was uh, 
you know, a setback. Um, you get to the 15, and then, you know, a couple incomplete passes, and all of a sudden Ben Freehill's kicking a, uh, a field goal from 32 yards. Uh, Purdue got the ball back again after forcing a Michigan, uh, you know, at the Michigan 28, um, holding them short, or the, sorry, the Michigan 34. But once again, Purdue just couldn't cash in uh, on that uh, sort of gifted uh, uh, field position. <clears throat> and just two field goals weren't enough. That was Purdue's chance to really get back in the game. You score those two, put those two in the end zone, it's 14 to 20 going into half, and suddenly, um, you know, it's a wholly different ball game. The pressure switches to Michigan. They're sweating it out at halftime. Um, but you know, six to twenty going into the half, um, they're feeling good. They're feeling relaxed. They got the game in a stranglehold. And it's just sort of what happened uh, in the second half, as they just sort of just kept that stranglehold on hold on the game. Um, Purdue's defense played really well, uh, except for you know they gave up another just uh, huge run. Samaj Morgan. Uh, Got takes the ball 44 yards for a touchdown um, on, uh, what was that? Was that a third down? I think that was uh, a third down. Yeah, third and third. Uh, nope, nope, sorry. That was right. That was the first down. First and 10, it produced 44, and it's a touchdown. And, you know, any big hope Purdue had of coming back and making that thing a game uh, was extinguished on that play. Um and then, you know, it's sort of avalanche from there where they go touchdown, you know, three and out. And then Michigan puts another five-play touchdown on the board. Purdue goes three and out again. Um, and Michigan added that light, that late uh, touchdown, six plays, uh, 57 yards, 251 to go. But, uh, you know, I feel like Purdue did a good job of coming back and sort of making that last uh, touchdown. To make it 13 to 41, just to really, uh, first of all, to not get beat by 30 points. Um, second of all, to put more points on the board than any team did against has against Michigan so far this year. So that's a plus one than Purdue's column. We're really just having to fight to the end of the game, um, even when you know the defense is just sort of dying on the field because the offense can't uh, keep it together. Um, Purdue at least putting together that eight-point drive, play drive, even if it's against you know Michigan's second and third string. Hopefully, maybe helps build a little confidence going into this Minnesota game. But just overall, Lily, it's just sometimes it'd be like that, man. Michigan had more talent than we did, and they beat us. We started slow and just couldn't come back. So that's really the main issue. I felt like uh, on uh, on Saturday it was just that that slow start sort of sentence Purdue before they even really got into the game. Did anyone play well on offense? Well, I mean, there were some individual bright spots. The offense overall just wasn't great. You know, the team stats, um, Purdue had 10 first downs. They were 1 of 14 on third down, 1 of 1 on fourth down. 269 total yards, not great. 144 passing yards um, for Hudson Card. He went 12 of 28. Um, he was moving on the move a good bit again this game um, with Purdue's sort of patchwork line. Um, I felt like Graham Harrell did a pretty good job of getting the ball out of his hand. I know people sometimes get frustrated because Purdue goes to that 
quick passing game, but honestly, uh, I mean, Hudson Card had to get the ball out quick because Michigan was was coming. Although I will say that um, the bright point for me, at least, was that Purdue offensive line, um, despite just being absolutely decimated by injuries. They only gave up one sack and three tackles of loss to, uh, for loss to Michigan. Um, so that was uh, an unexpected uh, bright spot for the Boilermakers um, on offense. Uh, one sack, three tackles for loss. That's uh, not bad when you have to mid-game take your starting center, move him to right tackle, and then bring in your backup center. And you also have your left tackle who was playing you know, NAIA ball last year um, in the big house against an angry Michigan team, and they held up. They held up. Um, not only did Purdue hold up in the uh, in pass pro, but they did a pretty good job on the, in the rushing game. Uh, you know, Tyrone Tracy, uh, again, had um, a, a big game. Um, 11 carries, 61 yards. Uh, average 5.5 yards a carry. Uh, you know, we say Blake Corn, the Heisman Trophy, uh, you know, on the Heisman Trophy board. He had fifth carry, 15 carries for 44 yards, but he did have the three touchdowns, which obviously that's how you score points. But, um, you know, Tracy had more rushing yards than uh, Blake Corum. So shout out to him. Dem Maccabee got lucky again. I mean, guys, uh, this fumble thing. He's got to get it sorted out. Uh, again, a fumble that was just uh, just a split fraction of a second away from being uh, losing the ball to Michigan. Yet again, he was saved by the replay and by his knee being down. But he that's just something I don't even know. This offseason is just going to have to all be about ball security. He just swings it still too much, and it's starting to just be a real... Uh, issue that the other defenses are just keying in on every time he has the ball they're just ripping at it and uh, until he stops fumbling that's what he's gonna get um but uh rushing game looked good receiving game uh you know Deion Burks had that long uh broke off that well uh, broke off a long one Mershon Rice with 43 yards before he was injured again produced just so many injuries um Burks had a couple drops again, though. There was some drops on key plays where it's just Purdue has to make those plays. They have to help because Hudson Card out. Um, and uh, I feel like Card does a good job of not get frustrating, uh, frustrated with his receivers. Uh, but it's it's starting to get to the point where you're almost like, man, do, do Purdue's receivers not like Hudson Card? Because he puts it on the money and they just don't hold on to it. And sometimes it's just not even like they're about to take a big hit. It's just that they drop it. Uh, so hands, receiver upgrade, definitely something uh, we can work on in the offseason. Uh, so, yeah, Lily, overall, the offense just doesn't have a lot of talent. Tyrone Tracy, and I'm going to say the offensive line not getting Hudson Card uh, – Murdered was uh, the highlight. What about defense? What about the defense? Well, I thought the defense played really well. That Those first couple drives where Michigan came out and sort of squished him, 
I was really worried this was going to be an avalanche because it just didn't look like they had anything to stop uh, stop the the Wolverines. Uh, you know, Roman Wilson, a Michigan star receiver, had nine did have nine receptions for 143 yards. Um, and but the uh, but the running game, which I thought was going to be uh, tough for Purdue to stop, um, was. Uh, it was effective at getting into the end zone. Michigan had five rushing touchdowns, so all of their touchdowns came via the ground. But they only had 110 yards, and they only averaged 3.2 yards a carry. And really, it would have been much, much worse uh, than that. But uh, that Samaj Morgan 44-yard touchdown really sort of skewed it. Uh, Blake Corum, Heisman Trophy, uh, you know, candidate. 15 carries, 44 yards, averaged 2.9 yards a carry. That's his lowest on the season by far. Only had a nine, long, uh, long of nine yards. Donovan Edwards, who just ate up Purdue last year, um, eight carries, 21 yards, uh, you know, 2.6 uh, yards a carry. So Michigan's sort of two-headed lead back monster there, Lily, averaged about, uh, you know, 2.7 and a half, something like that, yards a carry. Um, and no defense has been able to do that against that Michigan rushing attack. So really a shout out to that defensive line, uh, for Purdue. And of course, uh, Nick Gordon was huge. Uh, he looked like probably the best defender on the field, uh, for either team, which is, uh, nice when you're talking about all that talent Michigan has. He had two sacks, two tackles for loss, um, five tackles overall. Um, that was, you know, obviously a great game. I would have, I would have seen a little bit more from Kaijin Jenkins. He couldn't really get it, uh, fired up. I feel like Michigan did a good job of, uh, sort of eliminating him. He just had three total tackles and a tackle for loss. Um, Kane, um, boy, that got, man, that guy just heart all day long. Um, he came down really, I felt like, Cade coming down and almost playing as a second uh, as another linebacker in the box um, was really sort of key to that whole uh, uh, Purdue run defense because um, he was all over the place. Six tackles, he had tackle for loss. Uh, you know, two passes defended, um, and so I just I felt like uh, the defense held on as long as they could. Wish they could have found a way to get a, a stop on one of those first two touchdown drives. Um, I felt like everything really sort of changed after that first Hudson card interception where it looked like Michigan was going to go up to 21 nothing, And the uh, Purdue defense uh, made the stand and held them to a field goal. And like I said, that kept the game at least, uh, you know, interesting for a little while. When we go to halftime, the announcers go, boy, you know, Michigan just can't knock these uh, pesky Boilermakers out of the game. And they really didn't knock Purdue out of the game until uh, midway through, uh, you know, the third quarter where they scored that extra, that, their, their touchdown there to, to push it out to 27-6. to six. That obviously, you know, ended it. And then Purdue's defense sort of ran out of gas there in the fourth quarter but just because Purdue's offense could not stay on the field. So anyways, Lily, like I was saying, the run defense uh, looked great. Pass defense, this is what it is, man. Purdue doesn't have anybody that can cover Roman Wilson at the moment. Those guys are coming. Uh, I think, uh, 
you know, transfers are going to want to play in this defense. Um, uh, there's available playing time next season. Um, so I think we're probably going to be looking at a much different secondary uh, next year, one a little bit uh, more capable of maybe shutting down a Roman Wilson or at least uh, sort of limiting him. Um, but I do feel like a lot of key pieces are in place, you know, moving forward. And Purdue at 2-7 and seven and 1-5 and five in the conference, uh, you know, uh, I, I believe uh, one of our writers at Hammer and Rails, uh, Ryan, uh, did the math, and Purdue's officially eliminated from the Big Ten West race uh, right now. So it's uh, we're playing for pride, playing for next year, playing to put some good stuff on tape, um, and you know hopefully finding some things um, that work here in the last uh, few games that we can sort of carry over into uh, you know sp spring practice and fall practice. Uh, and really come out in 2024, especially on offense, um, with a little uh, better identity. Um, obviously, the offensive line will need to be addressed. And uh, But, you know, I feel like uh, one of Ryan Walter's uh, best aspects is his ability to recruit, his ability to bring in guys from the portal. Um, he really relates with players. I think he has a young, or I know he has a young, relatable staff. Um, and, uh, you know, he's holding on to some four-star guys that a lot of squads, uh, two and five, uh, or two and seven, would, uh, would have already lost. Um, and so we'll see if they can hold on to the end. I'm sure some teams are going to really go after some of the higher-level uh, recruits uh, now uh, that they see Purdue is really vulnerable. But, you know, uh, Walters is definitely has playing time to sell. He's got a vision to sell. And he's got... Um, an exciting defense to sell with some of the stats uh, to back it up. You know, Purdue's still going to be in the top 10 in uh, sacks. They're going to probably, you know, top 10, top 15 in sacks, top 10, top 15 tackles for loss. And it's easy to sell, hey, man, all we need is some secondary, and this defense is going to be special uh, sooner rather than later. And then, you know, again, you go, to, you go to the offensive recruits and say, hey, look, we're building a great defense come play for us. We got your, we'll have a, a defense that's got your back. We're going to put some points up on the board and build something special here in West Lafayette. So, um, you know, again, not uh, a terrible performance, and it's weird to say that about a 41-13 game, uh, but the defense still looks good. Purdue has a defense they can win with, and now it's up to the coaching staff to build an offense to complement it. Is there anything else you want to say about Michigan? Uh, I really don't like Michigan, Lillian. Why? Well, first of all, they're dirty, dirty cheaters. Do we like cheaters in this house? No. No. Second of all, Jim Harbaugh's a weirdo. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's just a weird dude, man. I don't know what to tell you. Um, you know, just the whole khakis, the whole thing, just his whole shtick. He's just a weird guy, and he can't stay out of trouble. But they do the, like, holier-than-thou Michigan man thing. While I feel like Michigan has been, like, and Jim Harbaugh's program has been under investigation for something for the last, like, two or three years. So, you know, I'm just, I'm looking forward to Michigan getting out of the uh, Big Ten West uh, and away from their just ridiculously soft schedule. And uh, maybe, 
actually playing uh, some somebody of note. Uh, again, I, Purdue's, Purdue's offense did better than anyone else in the nation so far. Uh, and that should tell you about who Michigan has played. They've got Penn State and Ohio State coming up. Um, you know, I hope Penn State beats them, and then I hope uh, the Ohio State game, I don't know. That's one where you just cheer for an asteroid. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, I'm glad that these Ohio State and Michigan games are over, so, you know, Purdue sort of moves on to teams they can actually play. And, uh, you know, up next on the schedule is uh, Minnesota. So uh, we'll be back later on the week uh, with that. Hopefully Garrett will be feeling better and uh, he can uh, join in. And so, uh, yeah. Okay, it's time to wrap things up. What's the final word? The final word for this Purdue team is uh, progress. Um, not wins, but progress. Um, I do, I felt the defense, like I said, looks good. Uh, the offense, um, we'll find out more about it over these next three games. Um, just, it's hard to do anything against Michigan. Uh, but we'll see how this looks uh, against uh, Minnesota, Northwestern, and Indiana. Um, I feel like that it's going to give uh, Ryan Walters a good idea about what needs to happen in the offseason, what talent needs to bring in. He's going to do some coaching evaluation, some player evaluation. Is Hudson Card the man going forward? I still think he's a really talented quarterback who hasn't been able to show what he's capable of doing because of the talent around him. But I also definitely think that uh, his play definitely warrants Purdue making a uh, in a quarterback competition in the spring and maybe into fall camp. So, you know, is that how that goes? Um, and so I feel like progress in really these next three games and finishing strong, you know, we're still only going to, if we sweep Minnesota, Northwestern, Indiana, which is possible, uh, I think Purdue is actually the betting favorite over the Gophers. Um, that, uh, you know, five and seven, not, not the year we wanted, uh, but that schedule is so tough. Um, and uh, it's really just on to next year. I think you just sort of flush this season as a good learning experience for Ryan Walters uh, and, uh, you know, move on to year two where you expect uh, him to really start building uh, and being more competitive or at least starting to build that baseline where Purdue has enough where they can beat a team like Michigan uh, if Michigan gets hot. Like I said, right now, Purdue plays their A game, Michigan plays their C game. It's still a Michigan win. Um, and so I hope that later on in Coach Walter's career, uh, not hope, I demand, I honestly, if he's going to keep his job, that uh, he uh, really build that talent base up. And I think that's what he's doing. So, um, you know, progress, patience. And uh, on to next year. So anyways, Lily, I think that's about going to wrap it up for today. We're about, uh, you know, 27 minutes in. So I think everybody hopefully um, is getting close to work right now or finished doing their chores. Um, and so thank you so much 
for being uh, spending a little of your uh, day off uh, hanging out with me and asking me some questions. Um, I'm sure everybody at home appreciated that as well. Um, and so I'll let you uh, uh, take us out here, Lillian. Uh, we're going to play the role of Mr. Garrett today. Y'all come back now, you hear? All right, y'all come back. See you uh, for the uh, Michigan preview later on in the week. <laughs>